Today we talk abstraction, collaboration and of course acclamation as we chat to Andrew and Polly on Benny Asking People Questions. Asking People Questions is proudly supported by Major Minor Music Australia, who wish to thank the people of the Gadigal Nation on whose lands all their work is done. If you'd like to know more, then head along to mmma.com.au. I have a theory about music made for children, which basically, if anyone cares to hear it, is children can listen to anything, any genre, any sounds, anything. What's important is not the music, i.e. the genre or even the simplicity, but rather whether or not the lyrics are presented in a way that speaks to the child, enables the child to feel spoken to. It's not, I feel, easy to do, but some people do it very well. However, not many get this deep crossover as well-defined as today's guests. Their music is there to excite, to challenge, to expand and introduce children to the complexities of musical arrangement while simultaneously presenting issues, problems and sheer joy in a language that places the understanding right into the laps of the children that are listening. It is not easy to do, but they make it look all too casual and lots of fun, which is exactly what brings the children in. Their desire to bring in friends to help play the music is just another testament to their ability to have everyone feel involved and included, and it is of no wonder they have been nominated for a Grammy of um, for their most recent work, R. I'm excited for today, obviously for all the musical goss, but more so to find out just how they approach their music and where their audience sits as they are creating it, for I feel if they could, they would get the audience to write it themselves if they could only organise such a mammoth task. All the way from California, welcome Andrew and Polly from Andrew and Polly. <laughs> Hi, thanks for oh joining me on Benny Hi. Asking People Questions. Hi, Benny. Thank Hi, you Benny. so much. Thank you for having us on Benny Asking People Questions. This is why we came on. I wanted this introduction. I've heard all these amazing introductions over the years, and I I needed to hear what, what you would say. Thank you so much. You're too I know. kind. I, I, I feel I'm like... As you were saying that, I feel like maybe um, had the wrong band. Of all the people who have ever listened to our music, maybe no one has ever heard it except for you. So well, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) I know I'm definitely I'm I'm running the risk of um, I think spending more time on the intros than I am on the questions. So I I might need to uh, I might need to. (laughs) That's okay. We got you there. (laughs) We love to. We love to talk so yeah so thanks listen. for thanks for joining me today and uh take care and uh, yeah. good luck in the future um, okay see ya oh, thank you okay yeah. bye so look I, i'm going to launch straight into the album if that's okay because i think so much of your history ordinarily what i'd ask is like how did you meet blah, blah, blah. but but i think so much of this album is I think your history is abundantly clear in your music and I think it's abundantly clear in the history of um, Andrew and Polly. So I'll sort of dip in and out of your history as we go through it, if that's okay. But it saves you sort of having to do the 10-minute, well, when we were 16, we went to this school and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Um, So so from that note, I just want to launch straight into Growing Up, which is the first song off um, the album, Ah, uh, how long do I need to hold the R uh, for before it's appropriately the album? Five part? inches. Five, Five inches. Uh, no, I mean it. You know, it depends how long how you're feeling at the moment. Right? There's many different <laughs> yeah. kinds of R's, yeah. right? Ah, there's there's yeah, the okay. there's the, uh, <laughs> and then there's the. Ah, 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 
that's, that's good to know that there's no incorrect answer because right. I will I will I will swing between all versions during this interview. <laughs> Now, there's this really beautiful line in Growing Up. It says, I know what I do. And correct me if I get this wrong because there's one bit I kind of couldn't quite make out, but it says, I know I know what I do know makes me me. Is that the correct line? I know yeah, what it's, I do. I, I know what I do now makes me me. I know me. what I do now makes me me. Yeah. This this um, song in particular in this line and and – Starting it off, it feels it feels like it's a real ode to the two of you and your relationship wrapped up in a song for others. It feels like a song you're singing to each other, really, that song, and you kind of, it's a little bit of a reflection of everything that's happened up until this moment. You just put it together so it resonates with other people in their own lives. Do we need to burst his bubble, Polly? Well, no, I mean, so this song is, um, it's a cover of a song by... Uh, local LA band called also national um LA band called the Linda Lindas they're mm. a pop punk uh girl band of, of with teenagers mostly yeah they yeah. started playing together um the drummer was like 12 the dr- no the drummer was even little like i mean yeah. no little 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 <laughs> and now um i think the oldest one just turned 18 um so the song was written by Bella Salazar Eloise Wong Lucia, um, or Lucia, I'm not sure, De La Garza and Mila De La Garza. Um, two of them are sisters, I think, mm-hmm. maybe a cousin or a friend. Um, they're incredible. All of their music is amazing. Um, this song in particular was so wise um, for mm-hmm. just so many situations that I could tell that they felt this song so authentically at their own age but also at my age as a parent, um, it meant something else to me. It's like I could feel myself as a teenager inside this song Mm. with their words, but I could also feel everything that we've been through um, as parents and um, also as, you know, a couple and collaborators. Mm. Um, And I just love that you we're able to hear that in our voices that it meant so much because um it's really like a it's a it's a hard deep song and it's so positive and inspirational but it has so much depth inside it um yeah and and I don't I don't think like when you said it was someone else's song, my immediate thought was, damn it, you know, but then I, but then, I, but then the more I think about it, it's kind of irrelevant. I, th- I think it is the way, the presentation of it. And I think the, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the intention of having it at the start, everything that's just gone on in the world and what's particularly going on now, it's like a real, it feels like one of those moments that you're really generally just going, oh my God, look what we've both been through and we're here and I'm glad it's you. And this is also something you can say, to a child to say to another child, you know, there's no, it, it resonates with everyone, but it felt like it was the two of you at the start, just going, here we are. We're still loving it. We're still doing it. Yeah. And I think, you know, that line in particular, there's something about that line. It's like, you know, some days you wake up and you think, who am I? You think, um, am I what I was before? Am I mm. what I'm trying to be? Am I all my mistakes? Am yeah. I my tragedies? That's right. Am I parts of myself that I don't want to share? Um, mm. And when you're parenting children and you're with your kids too, you're wondering, 
Who are you? And, How are they building their identities? And you're wondering, is that thing you just did part of who you are? And am I worried about that? Am I trying to teach you to do that or not do that? Am I part mm -hmm. of what you just did? Or is that an expression yeah. who you are? And and that line right there, um, it like allows all of us to create ourselves every moment, you know? And yeah. that's what that's what kids are doing all the time without ever knowing that's what mm. they're doing and parents yeah and parents so we kind of mm. you know we have a lot more years <laughs> we have this little half lifetime before we enter into parenthood and then we start i don't know we start from the beginning all over again it feels yeah. like yeah Yeah, and I think I think that's the strength of that line too, isn't it? Which is also a little bit of a reminder of this whole idea that um, you're, you're only you're only what you know. So keep learning, keep finding out new things to know, and you'll just become a different me or you yeah. or something. You know. What I mean? Let's talk about being um, busy for a, a moment. Let's talk about um, Ear Snacks. The podcast is like it's coming up to its tenth uh, anniversary or twentieth anniversary. Who so can even count? hundred million. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm I've just, been alive for a hundred million years yeah, now. Yeah, I feel like it's it's no, it must be its tenth. Was it two thousand? We're, we're almost nineteen nine years. Almost nine years. Nine years. That's what it is. Yeah, we so started July, in twenty fifteen. So it's July yeah. twenty fifteen. Sorry, I just looked up and saw yeah. twenty. And went that doesn't feel yeah. right. But ten yeah. years. Um, the thing about the podcast, which I think is really lovely and really speaks to that line and speaks to all of everything that you do, and particularly that song in particular, is. It's it's a very alive show. It doesn't feel very scripted like a lot of, and, and I'm sure it is scripted. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you just haphazardly run in and go woo, but um, well, most of the time. But I was, I was <laughs> this is a little bit of both. I was listening to the latest episode, and and it really is the two of you kind of just having fun with everyone, and and then of course you have these monumental, huge songs, um, and there is that you know there's that New York Times quote you know is packed with earworms and made with heart, and I think the made with heart is a very genuine observation of it rather than get into the emotional side of the podcast i just want to say how much work you're doing them every two weeks <laughs> yeah how long does it just just roughly how long does an episode take to create two weeks um i know a lot longer <laughs> <laughs> I think, didn't we used to say 100 hours went into creating was, 20 minutes? Of... We calculated, yeah, 70 or 80 hours at yeah. one point. It really depends. Um, it depends mm -hmm. if there's an original song. Um, mm -hmm. the, the heart of each episode is this uh, series of interviews. We, we create a Q&A, a, a scripted Q&A for parents to interview their kids. And parents submit that their, or their kids want to be on the show. Mm. And so we reach out to a handful of them and send them these interview questions about the same topic. So there's, there's a kid in New Zealand, there's a kid in California, there's a kid in South Africa. They're all getting the same questions about a tangible topic that we think most kids in the world know about. Mm. And then we get to hear their kind of a montage, an audio montage of their responses. And that's kind of the heart of the show that we, we take as like our little documentary about 
childhood mm. and knowing um polly works at a uh, a constructivist preschool and we really like the idea of kids constructing their own knowledge starting with what mm. they know of the world and then taking the next steps so that's what the the podcast tries to do i must say being an early childhood teacher i haven't heard the term construct what was it constructionist constructivist preschool? oh yeah that's um... well, can you elaborate on that Sure. Well, I mean, constructivism as an approach to learning um, or as a philosophy really means that um, to learn, we build on um, what we know. Yeah. And um, we can only build um, as fast as we can know things. Yeah. And um, we can only jump as far as we help ourselves jump. You know, yeah. I can't really learn something by being told it. Yeah. Um, but I can learn to build a tower uh, with blocks mm. um, after knocking towers down, after yeah. observing, after noticing um, the way that I saw two boxes stacked uh, together after yep. a delivery. Um, so constructivism, constructivism really means um, Building on knowledge. Yeah, building on your own knowledge. To create new yeah. knowledge. I mean, there's that really beautiful quote. I think I'm pretty certain it's Piaget where he says, um, teaching a child how to do something takes away the joy of them finding out how to do it for themselves. So Absolutely. It sort of sounds like it all lands in the same thing. So, again, we still haven't moved on from the first song yet because this thing... <laughs> You know, because within again that song talking about the way you you sort of use it to reflect on each other. I mean, you you work you work a lot together, and there's a lot, and there's a lot of stuff outside of Andrew and Polly. Like looking at your IMDb, it's always nice when I get to look at someone's IMDb and they a children's artist that even has one. And you know, there's things like Mama has a moustache and Beyond Mona. Is that correct? Uh, someone, yes. some nerve. Welcome to the Wayne. I mean, the Outsiders. It's it's. What makes it work between you? Because there's a lot of lot of couples in history that have given us a lot of forewarning that it's, you know, didn't work with Sonic Youth too well. It didn't work with, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of bands that hasn't Paul quite worked John, out well. Sure. With, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It didn't, hasn't, yeah. Worked, hasn't worked out well for a lot of people. I mean, I, I think... Um... I think there were moments working on this album that I wondered if it was our last album. <laughs> did you ever wonder that? We take lots of breaks. Yeah, I we're, mean, did you? I mean, that's like a real honest. <laughs> but no, I mean, working together, being married to each other, having children together. These are too many jobs it's a lot <laughs> to of do jobs. with one person. And, and they're also, but they're also very like, you know, as we all know, or not all of us, but many of us know, parenting is 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 a different type of absorbing of your energy. As we know, as artists, creating and making is a different absorption of energy. Being in a loving relationship is a different absorbing of it. I mean, there's there's very, it's like you're you're sharing very very strong deep emotions constantly and you're not getting a chance to actually go and sit on your own to just have some of your own free emotions within that i mean is it is it is that something you the two of you have to talk a lot about do you actually need to go hey i need a weekend bye i'm leaving my phone here a, yeah. lo a long weekend a very yeah. long yeah, yeah. <laughs> um we we've definitely no we definitely have take lots of breaks um we we strategize about how to um prioritize 
each individual in our family's mental health. It's been a big change mm -hmm. um, in our whole family structure um, since I'd say starting before the pandemic and then deeply into the pandemic, um, we really thought a lot about um, thought a lot about space and mm. the difference between autonomy and being part of an ecosystem, a family ecosystem. Mm. Um, and I think this album is really like the encapsulation of a lot of those discoveries and feelings and, you know, adventures. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it means a lot of that to me. And it's kind of amazing when you look back to see it reflected in songwriting mm. and performance also, because it was also like a deeply personal journey, you know, for us as individuals and together as collaborators. Um, but to look back and think, okay, so yeah, we had to kind of figure out like, who are we together? Who are we individually? What are we doing right now? Mm -hmm. How do we make sure everyone has like, space for their ideas and their voices and... and we still love making and make sure there's enough space so we can still love making music together we've been doing this for about 20 years now and it's something we really love to do let's fill the day what will we do a painting a tower a puzzle a question a challenge for me and you we get to quite interesting you're talking about sort of needing to find that space in these because the thing about this album is it's, it's filled with collaborators you've got lots of other people performing on it and it's also it's it's very um it's arrangements and it's and it's 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 an incredibly complex album which screams to the exact opposite of needing time on your own you know what i mean like you would you would think under those circumstances you go here's 10 songs of me on a ukulele that's it that's what you get but like instead you you've taken that and obviously gone well the strength is us as a unit and the unit is bigger the unit is all these other artists as well we get greedy, Benny. We, we love complexity. We well, love no, so think, many layers. So I think that... Um, yeah, we have you a know, hard time telling a story one way. Well, no, I think <laughs> that we bring different things mm -hmm. when we work on music and we work on our songs. So um, in terms of the arrangements, like Andrew is amazing at orchestration, right? Mm. He's thinking about the different instruments. He's writing these incredible horn parts for some of these songs. Um you know, we can take something that starts with a ukulele and a vocal and um, he can write a counter melody or, mm. you know, maybe suggest a change to the harmony. And that for him is like this playground that he wants to spend a lot of time. And like yeah. one example is the background vocals for the song, Ah, for the I've Got a Problem <laughs> song that we do with Chris and Andreas. And I mean, I don't think he's had that much fun and forever also it's a deeply therapeutic song yeah. but to be able to stand in front of a microphone mm. and loop this um you know chorus that feels really good to sing and try out different harmonies in his voice trying to get kind of beatlesy and thinking about the harmonies in that way um he had so much fun with that <laughs> that you know? is your that and, is your release yeah yeah and let then me, let me do i it. Yeah. yeah i have um i do all our uh, mixing and our engineering and you know he may write something and i may think oh, i wish that was in a different octave because maybe it would sound better or i'll say this synth line is so great but really it needs to have a lot more resonance or i'd like a different synth to play it so then i get in there and i 
want to spend forever doing that, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, the songs just keep going and going in terms of production because we both individually were working on them alone. So mm-hmm. there's a part of the the of the music that is like the the sum of its parts, mm-hmm. um, which is not like you know us sitting side by side writing. Mm-hmm. It's us having a chance to be who we are. And, yeah, who, being heard. and the jobs that we love to do. Yeah, yeah. being heard individually in each track that seems so huge and collaborative, it's you're still getting your opportunities to have your own voice in each one. Yeah. Yeah, and and we do work in the same room sometimes, but yeah. we know how precious that time is being yeah. so much parents of three kids. We have kids. Yeah. So yeah. we're and since this is how we write music for commercials and music for films and stuff like that, we trade off. We we do yeah, so somebody starts it, we get the kernel of it. Some of those um credits that you mentioned on IMDb are definitely collaborative, like us sitting together in a room, um, and then usually we spend some time apart with something. And then we'll come back together to listen to mm-hmm. it and get feedback. And so it's a, it's a process that has so many different components. I've got a problem. Tell us what your problem is. I don't know. Because it's not just one thing, really. It's like so many problems. I can't even separate them. Could you try starting with just one thing? Okay. Well, I lost my coat. I hate these shoes. I know we're running late. I forgot that thing I need upstairs. Could you please just wait? I don't mean to sound like I'm complaining. You don't need to fix it. I'm just saying. I've got a problem. And I just want to shout about it. Well, look, as I said at the start, I'm going to have to quite be quite diligent about timekeeping because already we still haven't even <laughs> talked about any of the songs on the album. It's been half an hour. So like, well, we yeah. kind of talked about I all of this. Is a, I swear this isn't my first time. Okay, so please, please, please ask about our co-writers. They are all, are the heart of this album, and we've um, we loved working with each one of them in different ways. Yes, I will. I will get to. I will get to that. I'm still like 15 questions from there. So let's fingers crossed we'll manage together. Anyway, I'm part two with Andrew and Polly. Um, <laughs> So, Polly, you mentioned in your press release, our songwriting suggests that we can look at small everyday things to get a bigger, even global, to get a bigger, even global ideas. It's a really beautiful notion because I think people often overlook the importance of the day-to-day with children in relation to how it relates to the bigger world and how they see themselves in the world. Um, Are you able just to elaborate a little bit on that? And, Andrew, obviously, if you have any thoughts on it as well, throw it in there because I think this does speak to the lyrical body of this album this is what this album is about yeah absolutely so like for with the song get to work um that song for me it's so funny the preschool that i work at when i shared that with one of the directors that we had released an album i said you got to check out the second song get to work because it's basically like spending a year in the construction space um for three and a half year olds. And she listened to it and she was like, oh, I know exactly what you mean. Um, (laughs) Because, you know, this song is about um, how do I try out my idea? Um, How do I try out my idea while someone next to me is trying out their idea? What happens when our ideas bump into each other? What happens when we're building, you know, and we both reach for the same piece? Mm. 
what happens when my tower falls over into your tower or vice versa? What happens when you have an idea about what I'm building that I'm not ready for? Mm. What happens when we think we'd like to build together, but we don't know how to do it? Mm. What happens when we finally decide that we are building together, but we have different ideas? Mm. Um, what happens at the end of the, the, the day when we have to walk away from our work? <gasps> What happens when another person walks over and says, what are you doing? Can I build with you? This is all about songwriting, Polly. This is not about the construction space. Well, you know, it's about blocks. It's about songwriting. It's about mm. making decisions for our communities. I think it's um, also I think it's also about recognizing that those decisions that are made in the sandpit, which are often passed off as play, uh, well, actually are play, but the, but the learning that's happening in those moments are lifelong learning skills that will eventually resonate as an adult because they've learned how to listen to someone's version of what sort of building it should be. Um, from that point of view, do you do you agonize over the lyrics much, particularly in this album? Like, I mean, do you like do... every single word all the time? <laughs> okay, the song, yes. <laughs> the song is never over until it's recorded and released, and then there's not much you can do about it. But yeah, still, true. sometimes you might want to do something different yeah sometimes, you, have, you some, have like a third party person who sneaks in at night and just releases all the tracks without you knowing so they just i go, wish oh, no, oh, we should have oh that's a great idea oh. call out now you can't do anything more it's finished the release gnomes <laughs> uh, that's perfect sometimes we do just improvise on a mic to see what comes out because when we know the chorus of a song but we're trying to fight figure out the verses and that kind of thing that is how one of our most famous songs uh grapes came to be it was a very mm -hmm. essential idea that polly had driving home from a party one night and uh and i insisted that she recorded even though she thought it was too silly to be a song and then it became extremely mm -hmm. successful um beautiful song. But it's a beautiful song Oh. <laughs> You've had I mean, that experience. You ha you're not always wanting to be in the place that you are, are you, Benny? I do. The Look, I I'm going to share something with you here now mm. that I don't share with many people except on a podcast <laughs> that hundreds of people mm. listen to. That's right. Um, three months before Pink Fong, we all know Pink Fong, Baby Shark, Pink Fong. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes, sure. I released a version of Baby Shark that I heard from an anonymous American preschool teacher that came to my daycare for a one day filling in thing. And she sang this song. And at the end of it, she had the shark attack bit, the sharks attacked the people. And I went, that's the most amazing thing I've ever heard. So I started playing to the kids and turned it into this kind of lust for life kind of jam thing. And then I, when I did my first album, I went, oh, I'm going to put that on because it's fun. It's great. I put the Shark Attack version on it. Great. Three months later, the Pink Fong one came out. And to date, it is without question my most streamed, most listened to song out of all five albums and um, hurts. <laughs> <laughs> It hurts. It hurts a bit. But with but with the pain we grow. This was a moment in your life, and and that then the rest of your life happened. It did. I've always I always went on and took it off the album because I just couldn't stand it anymore. <laughs> but you know, without that, I wouldn't get this five dollars fifty every six months from um. Spotify. There you go. That's so right. I left it there, that's, and you need that. Yeah, that's for hamburgers. A, that's a taco. Yeah. Yeah. So I was at this party the other night, and I met this really funny guy. He was tall and silly, and he had on green pants. But he was, like, telling me this story, and it was, like, blah, blah, blah. And I was, like, mm-hmm, I'm going to go home.
And I'm gonna eat some grapes. La 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 grapes. La 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 grapes. La 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 grapes. So I told him, I said, I bet you're really nice. Oh, what was I up to? Okay. So the right look, talk about the Rogers. I think this is um heading over to your world potentially, Andrew. That they are really beautiful. There's there's this particular moment in the middle of I've got a problem. It just really floored me when it just goes into that really quiet, ambient bit, and then you just sort of come out of it and just finish off on this high. But what's quite strange about it is it's it's really effortless. It's a really effortless transition. But and 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 when I first heard, I kind of went, "Oh, what what's going on there?" But then it just seemed so obvious for it to sit there. But I don't think many people would have thought of that obvious choice but it just works so beautifully and then just takes you on this whole other thing particularly when you're talking about a problem because there is that kind of insular looking in when you have a problem um which goes back to a question before um how much do you bring others into your writing process you've touched on it briefly because i get the feeling you are you're obviously both highly proficient in being able to trust each other and trust yourselves but do you do you have like particularly when you're bringing in these other people that performed on this album in particular, some incredible names on this album? How much do you? How comfortable are you just opening the door and going, have have at it, do do what you think? What do you think? Yeah, let's go with that idea. Or do you get a bit? It's my baby, and I'm inviting you in, but don't don't put it in different clothes. <laughs> We're we're definitely um, very particular about the mm-hmm. artists who we are wanting to start a relationship with, and usually these songs are not the first moment that we've started the relationship with. There's some other kind of introduction or mm-hmm. um, trust that's built uh, before we we've gotten to know these people. Um, that song in particular, I've got a problem. We wrote with um, we got to know uh, Christian Andreasen through our friend uh, CJ, Mr. Cookie Jar. Who we've done a number of co-writes mm. with, um, and he uh, he had had recommended her to us because he knows us as people. He's been in our living room. He's, we've we've we know his family, um, and we we got in touch with her, and that was um, that was an adventure. But just because we knew her music and we got to know her over Zoom, um, mm. and uh, and then I, I get we totally co-wrote this song. Uh, many of the songs on this album, but that song in particular, we co-wrote from scratch together, coming up with with the very the very basic mm-hmm. ideas. Yeah. So some some of the the collaborations, like with Alphabet Rockers, you know, we had a um, history of of dialogue with each other mm-hmm. and knowing each other and really admiring their work. Great respect. Great respect. And we said, you know, we'd love to to do a song with you um, on this album that's about this bigger topic. Mm. We don't, you know, what, 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 what would we do? And, and we, you know, started talking about it and the idea came from that conversation with Kristen. Um, it was sort of similar, you know, and, and, and then some of the other songs were different. Some of the other songs we said, okay, we've got this idea for a song, or maybe even we have like mm-hmm. a part of it. Um, and we would go to an artist and say like, what can we do with this? And you have to kind of be willing to do both of the things or all of the mm. things that you mentioned, you have to be willing to say yes, and let's totally dismantle this idea and rebuild it back and make room for other things. And then you also have to kind of protect part of it that is part of the vision that you see mm-hmm. for it. Um, 
and it's tricky. It's hard to do, you know? Oh, with these songs in particular, I think that we knew we were making this album about something that was way bigger than us. Mm. And we knew what we wanted to bring. And even if we had the idea for a song, we knew what our perspective was around that and also stretched ourselves to find mm. other parts of it. But we knew we couldn't write this album by ourselves. We had been calling the album Problems for a while, and there are all kinds of problems. Mm. There are small, mm. personal idiosyncratic problems. And then there are really big systemic problems that we mm -hmm. didn't feel like we could make this album without including those. And the small problems too. Yeah. I mean, what is, um, you know, a, a small problem uh, is different for every person. Um, mm -hmm. And the ways that we share feelings within those small problems is important. And, um, and the perspectives of our co-writers on all of these songs really made the album bigger than we could have ever thought it it would have been or done by ourselves yeah no yeah. we never could mm -hmm. have by ourselves reached it as far as we did in the areas of um you know thinking about challenges for ourselves for mm -hmm. the world for for children thinking about strategies for how to work together to Mm. repair some of the things it's, that are broken it's funny i've got a couple of things on that i mean the first one is I, there's probably weirdly it's the first time in your life there's a bit of a blessing of it being so busy because when you are so busy you kind of you're more i guess you're you really I, i'm assuming you can enjoy in what the final process is going to be as opposed to having to completely engulf yourself in the process of getting there you can kind of go I've got so much stuff going on that I'm really enjoying someone else's feedback coming in and being part of this songwriting process. Whereas if you're doing one album every five years, that's all you do. It could end up being so insular and so, oh my God, this is my vision for five years. I don't want it messed with. Whereas I guess if you guys are still doing the, you're still doing the, um, the podcasts and so on and so forth. I am guessing, but there's potentially an element of sort of like, I love the extra ideas. Yes, I need. Yeah, help me bring it home and bring it over the line. That's I'm I'm up for it because yeah, <laughs> I've also got another three well, podcasts I need to do over here by next Wednesday. Yeah, so. <laughs> and that was that was some of the best creative advice I ever mm. got. I did some um, workshop with um, like songwriting work with um, ASCAP, which is one of our performing rights organizations here, which is where I met um, our friend Kepi Coots, who is um, a featured artist um, from Australia on one of the later songs on the album. And someone said, if you walk into writing and mm. say, I'm going to hold on to this idea and I'm not going to share it because it's mm. my best idea, or um, uh, if you say, I'm going to save something for later, you know, um, you are telling yourself that you think you're not going to ever have better ideas. You're saying, mm. I've got, this is my best idea and I don't want to share this idea. I'm going to run out. I'm going to run out of ideas. And the, and the best like way for creativity is to move beyond that and say, yeah. I will always have another idea. I will always write another song. So this is the song we're writing right now. We're going to do absolutely the best we can do, or maybe it's medium, I don't know. But, you know, we're, this is the song we're writing right now, and tomorrow there will be another song. Yeah. This is something we're fed as musicians as well, isn't it? That, you you, you know, we, we look at people like 
Bowie or, or the Beatles or, you know, PJ Harvey or Kate Bush, who are so single-minded clarity of what they want to achieve. And they have the genius to be able to do it. And so we sort of go, that's what I should be. I should be able to stick by my guns and go, no, I know better. But then at the same time, you go, Beyonce, who's just extraordinary, you know, will have 20 riders on a track or something. And and it's what's, you know, if you just if you just sit on the other side of the speakers and enjoy the song, kind of doesn't matter how you get there, right, at the end of the day. Whatever, whatever works for you works for you. And that's – and – who cares how you get to a beautiful song? <laughs> really? I mean, yeah. really? <laughs> Kids don't care. Yeah. That collaboration thing, because I, and and you talk about this throughout the you, you've spoken about this loosely with the album about these big ideas, which seems to be a big trend in children's music at the moment, which I don't think is a bad thing, and I don't mind it being a trend because we are looking at a world that is really in desperate need of a generation to come through to just go, hey, this is all just seems chaotic. Let's just love each other and not care. Um, so it's, it's okay. <laughs> I think it's fine that it's a bit of a zeitgeist that everyone's doing at the moment. I think that's good, but there is, there's a, there's a little bit of a difference in, in what you create. Um, the song, uh, I think it's called mad, the mad song, not the mad song, but mad. Let's um, get mad. Let's get mad. And there's a line in it. When they ask me what I need, they should know just what I need. It's unfair. This world I see. This is very child speak and very child orientated and very child focused. But then you followed up with the line, when we all get mad, it's a revolution, which is quite a big realization to pop in a children's song. Only because I think people really misunderstand madness. So I think people understand anger. People understand what anger means. And, and there's this really beautiful, um, do you know the the British filmmaker Ken Loach who makes these mm. amazing films about you know, unions and, and people being left out of the system and makes these amazing films. And someone said to him once, um, you know, you seem so angry all the time in everything you make. And his reply was, I don't know what kind of person you are if you're not. And that was his reply. And and I think and I think what's really lovely about this album is you take these concepts and you somehow really are able to execute them between what is, as you said before, what's the difference between using anger or being mad there is no difference between mad or angry in the sandpit as there is as being mad and angry to the way people are ruling and running the world um and you do that through all your songs you have these small really insular personal moments with the child and then you are able to then expand them and make them universal and big is how much of your lyrical content is predetermined before you go in do you walk in and go I want a song about, or do you walk in and write the song and go, this song's telling me it needs to be about this? This song we came and just, to... If you could just keep it to one sentence, that'd be great. Oh, yeah, one sentence? Okay. okay. No problem. Yes. Yes. We came up with the gem of the song with the Alphabet Rockers, with Tommy and Caitlin, um, and the the basic... We, we wanted to paint an accessible picture of what 
anger is. Um, it's often, you often hear parents or people talk about, you know, not getting angry, like, don't get mad, like, let's calm down, let's, but sometimes, and we know this from what anger is evolutionarily, anger is the emotion that is concerned with justice. It's your mm -hmm. internal sense of morality and your body poking you and getting your face hot and clenching your muscles saying, you need to act to defend yourself or your people mm -hmm. or your tribe in relationship to what is going on. Something is not right, something's wrong. And we wanted to find a way to, um, to talk about things that kids feel that something is wrong. It's a very clear feeling that everybody has at some point, and sometimes it escalates to this physical manifestation. And the question is not, is not how do you not be angry? It's how do you understand anger and what do you do with it? What mm -hmm. do you do when you find something wrong? Yeah, and um, you know, this song is a way of honoring that child in the sandbox who, you know, somebody takes the toy from them and they scream or they hit or they mm -hmm. even use their teeth right they are they are trying to say all the things that this song says and we're going to be there to support them to figure out how to turn all those feelings into productive words so that they can be heard and they can be understood um I remember Caitlin saying, we were trying to figure out what we we're going to write this song about together. And she said, you know, well, what go to your most vulnerable place and what are you afraid to talk about? You know, what are you afraid to share? Yeah. And Andrew said, I'm afraid to talk about my anger. You know, as an adult person, um, reparenting ourselves with children, reactivity and response is something that's tested daily, right? And um, it's a scary place to be. I mean, if you've ever seen a child completely yell out of anger or do, you know, have exhibit some behavior, angry behavior. Or hurt their sibling. Yeah. Or, yeah. And then if you have ever, as a parent, yeah. yelled at your child, yeah. <laughs> which I have, right? Then you say, what am I doing? Yeah. How do I, how how do I reach them? How do I stop myself? What do I do? And um, that was a really beautiful invitation that Caitlin offered. And then they, they both, Caitlin and Tommy both shared so much of themselves. So that, that line, the, um, the revolution line they came up with at the very right. end. That yeah. There's like, this is, you know, cause we're mad about so many things we couldn't figure. Yeah. Um, we started listing all the things we were mad about <laughs> and, um, the then she just finally said, how about this? And it, and it is, and it is about, <laughs> so licking a list. That's a, mate, that is a long list, but, um, <laughs> But I think I think it also really speaks highly to the idea of language as well. I think one of the things human beings have done is we've we've assigned very specific images to certain language that it's that it's been assigned in order to demonize it or make it look bad. And I think, you know, putting mad in revolution, you know, rev revolution's a word that a lot of people are terrified of because they don't they don't really know what it means and they don't know what that change kind of is. And to put it with mad and in a children's song is, re is really quite brave. I don't think it's brave in terms of um, it shouldn't happen and like, oh, wow, you really crossed that line. I mean, it sounds, it makes total perfect sense, but it is brave from the perspective that there's going to be a lot of people that really misunderstand 
going back to the Ken Loach thing, I don't know who you are if you're not mad, you know. I don't know what well, sort of person so you are many, if you're not angry. Yeah. And anger isn't I'm angry at everything. I'm really furious that that thing's happening because I can see it doesn't need to happen. It's unfair. Yeah, so it is many, unfair. It's, it's unfair. unfair. There's so many songs for children that are like, don't hit, or, you know, books, don't bite, don't hit. Mm. Um you know, take a deep breath. Yeah. <laughs> and those Mind, are all, mindfulness. Sure. Yeah. those are all, you know, some of them have like a really important place. Of course. Some mm-hmm. of them are really reductive about what's happening for the child in that moment. And to give them a chance to live in their madness in a way that's not harmful to someone mm-hmm. else lets them move yeah. beyond their madness. Yeah. And uh, we, we recorded the the guitarist on that song was someone we've worked with before in film music. His name's Vitaly. He records from Odessa, Ukraine and recorded it um, a year, mm. year and a half ago. Yeah. Whose idea was it to end it with the breathing? I think that was you. That was right? me. Yeah, Tommy yeah. and I were both trying to figure out a rhythmic way to do the breathing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. 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 amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Um, so I couldn't find having sort of a look at stuff, your career, what's out there. I've really got to stop using the word stuff, but I'm Australian stuff. and it's easy. Now I think everyone knows what yeah. it means. I think yeah, sure. people it goes think in it's a, box. a bit dismissive. <laughs> Yes. It's on the floor um, and you trip on it. Exactly. I was cleaning up Closets. I was cleaning up all your stuff that you'd left around online. Um now and correct me if I'm wrong, because if I'm completely wrong here, then this is a really short question and will be edited out for sure. Okay. I couldn't find, I went onto YouTube and there's no real clips. There's <gasps> there's like there's clips in terms of like a still image with your with the song, but you don't do video clips have i got that completely wrong i mean there's only so much we can do we are not video creators i'm just this really is something glad we... i'm really glad I'm oh right. you're thought, you're totally I... right and we and it's definitely something that you assume a, a, a band does right well, a lot you make of people make music, music videos, videos for their make songs yeah. and it's so great yeah it's wonderful and i wish that somebody, somebody would come, to come <laughs> do that with us <laughs> It's quite weird because you spend so much of your time making music to visual content. We do, but, but right. is that is that so? So is the flip side to that? You're you're in two minds where you go, okay, I love the idea of the visual content, but I've worked with really highly skilled people, and if it does, if it's not going to be like that, I don't really want to give it a crack. Mm-hmm. That's part of it. I think that's a big part of it. You know, we've scored stuff for a lot of animated animation companies yeah, right. that do really amazing things, and we are unable to do that. Yeah, our you, own need, self. you need thirty thousand dollars to do a one and a half minute clip. This is actually why we started yet. making the podcast because we were in the position to start pitching some kids' TV shows, and we learned about the kind of multi year train it takes to make any 
anything between the idea and it coming to life. And we mm -hmm. said, we can't make our own kids TV show, but we can make our own kids radio show. And it can be like the elect the audio version of the electric company. It can be mm -hmm. a vignette show that like helps us engage with our audience that we can't see when, when we're not touring and helps us, you know, connect with them, but also be playful. Our favorite part of concerts is improvising with children and asking them what they think and getting their feedback on things. So that's um, what we tried to do. Yeah, well, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I've kind of got that right then because that was going to be terribly embarrassing and <laughs> a testament to my research skills. Well, how do you find live? How do you take like particularly if you look at your earlier albums, um, odds and ends? You know, it is they're they're they're, they're sonically smaller albums. I think the arrangements are still quite complex, but they're sonically smaller, and they feel like they're albums that you've written directly to sit in a room and entertain children. I imagine a lot of that's come from being parents and playing them to your children. And now you've got these albums that are bigger, uh, chaotic in a, in a really genuinely heartfelt, beautiful way. How do you, have you had the opportunity or how does this go live? What do you do live? Do you just go, I'm sorry, we need an 18 piece band. And if we, we, do. Can't it, we don't do it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we've been making music for kids, like performing it mm. um, since, well, basically when we moved to LA in 2010, we said we want to play live. And, um, you know, we knew we could only play like two instruments at a time. At that time you were playing mandolin. I was, I was playing, playing mandolin. Accordion most was playing of the time. Accordion. Yeah, that's, that's how we did it. Yeah. So um, that's really the first place that all these songs live. Mm. Um, and then, I'll, you know, that was when we were playing concerts sing-alongs and mm. um at, but meanwhile for our day jobs we were in here in the studio tinkering and making cinematic sounds. And, yeah. and making these big arrangements and um as our music listenership grew you know we put more and our skills grew also as we you know we're, yeah. we're learning every day in the studio we just put more and more into our music and um then eventually we had to start playing with a band so we do have a band in la <laughs> and um when we do when we get booked to play a band show then we play with the band and it's still you know we just had to reconcile especially like after the success of grapes or even mm. um little bit of you we just had to reconcile that like you know we we wrote little bit of you to play with the ukulele in front of while sitting on the carpet of an independent bookstore for children yeah we that's where we wrote that song mm -hmm. and um we turned it into something that lives on the recording and when we play live it's something else and mm -hmm. most of the audiences don't seem to mind because our voices are the same you know nobody yeah. ever says gosh that doesn't sound like it does on the recording yeah. mostly because we're still us yeah. you know hey kittle i got a riddle what you gonna do when the sun goes down hey I got a riddle. We'll sell this moon right out of town. Hey, pretty, I got a ditty. La la li, la 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 loo. Hey, pretty, I got a ditty. La la li, la la la. Little bit of you. A little bit of you. Why is that all I need? A little bit of you. I want a la la little more, please. What 
when we build these big cinematic songs like Danger Baby, we needed to use lots of horns and lots of mm. strings and sound effects to make it sound like this epic adventure. We've started to occasionally, um, you know, play some tracks at venues, but really, we really like like live music and we like what we can do in the mm. studio. We try to not not necessarily make them meet. You can really hear it, I think, because Ear Snacks is the is the real is the album, which is obviously the first album to the to the podcast. I mean, that's the first album that you really go, wow, that's a that's a leap forward. There's a big, you know, that's um there's a couple of things that aren't questions, but just me putting it out there. Ghostbusters. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why not? Amazing. Why not? Random. Why not? Can I can I say a word about Ghostbusters? You what? can, but just before you do, I think I just say so you know that everyone knows the song. So like, you know, sure. I don't think you need to ex- we thought it would be fun to do kind of like a roots version of that, like playing on smaller instruments for and then young Pink kids. Fong made a release of it just after you released it. Yeah, yeah, that's version. right. But it also, we were inspired by New Zealand product Flight of the Concords, who yeah. was specifically using, you know, their interviews with kids about the uh, the medical system in New Zealand uh, to to inform a, so- a song they were writing with all these amazing New Zealand artists. We said we need to start writing songs based on what well, kids we had, say. We had all these children coming to our concerts yeah. all the time, you know, and then they would their parents would email us and they would send pictures and they would send a little video of them singing at home. And, um, and so really Ghostbusters was kind of the prototype for how we then started working on the podcast because, you know, we had kind of thought it was funny to sing Ghostbusters live in concert. And then we had all these little kids around us all the time. I ain't afraid of no ghost. Yeah. And they were, their parents were writing us and messaging us. And we thought it would be amazing if we had, their voices on that song and later that's exactly how we decided to produce the podcast because the same thing was happening we had people writing us from minnesota from oklahoma from places we 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 don't tour like that on a big scale and and Mm. we weren't going to be able to meet these children but they were loving our music and we said okay how could we be together in a room without being together in a room Mm. and we were like what about if we did Ear snacks, kind of the way we did Ghostbusters, where they can send us in their thoughts Mm, and mm. then we can find out what is going on for them. So that was like really kind of one thing that led to another that became Mm. so important for us. I make rainbows every day, dreaming up colors and lighting the way. I make magic and joy right here in my shop and nobody can tell me when to stop. What's this? What do I see? Three unicorns having a tea party. Hibiscus, this is delicious. Oh, but let's get back to business. But I think that really speaks. Like I can hear that in the in your the music you're already making. Like obviously, um, Mama slowed down from odds and ends, and then uh, Aquar- Aquarium. I think is an extraordinary <laughs> song because none of it's about the topic. Like <laughs> it's all about what the child sees. From the perspective of like that. the backpacks, yeah, yeah. And yeah. like yeah. the aquarium. I mean, even Mama slowed down. I was just kind of going, like, it is obviously about, hey, Mum, you just just slow down. What's going on? But it is the child looking, going, what's what's all the rush? I mean, we know as adults, yeah. we're just going, we've got to leave the house in thirty seconds, and I've got to get six water bottles, and I've got to make snacks, and I've got to, like, it's <laughs> it's not easy. But aquarium, there's just no fish. It's about lining up. <laughs> And walking through it and too many people there. And you're just like, and it's funny when you talk about creating the, um, when you're creating the podcast, 
how you initially after Ghostbusters going, let's actually invite children in. I think you were doing that a long time before you realized you were doing it. I think that's part of who yeah, you we are. Were. And I think that's, and even though, as I was saying at the start about lyrically, your music is compared to those earlier albums is a much bigger fanfare, but lyrically they still, they're really just in the palm of a child. And I think that's, that's really unique. I actually think that's really unique. I don't think people give, people get very confused about music for children. Like people say to me all the time, Oh, you know, I don't like kids music. My kids listen to the Ramones and stuff like that. And you go, sure. But you know, do they know what the, do they understand what the lyrics are about? And and if, and if, and if the lyrics aren't speaking to them, then you really miss the point of content for children. That's you need right. to speak yeah, it's, to them. It's you like, need to speak to them. It's like saying like, you don't, I don't like kids books. Like kids should read, you know, grown up magazines or like, you know, yeah, and, <laughs> and, you know obviously. And also just the thing, yeah, my kid has read the same book hundred times over and you go, yeah, because you, you'll never know what they're getting out of that every time they read it. And and another example is that people go, yeah, my kids listen to the Beatles. Like their favorite song is Yellow Submarine. I'm like, it's about a yellow submarine. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, that's why they're listening to it. <laughs> You know, like if that was a dinner, if that whole song was about a date with a girl in an Indian restaurant, you know, listen to it. It's about a yellow, it's about an octopus's yeah. garden. Yeah. yeah, it's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. people really misunderstand that. And sorry, I'm quite passionate about that. And and that's the and I think that's the thing that you the the two of you and your collaborators and, and what you aspire to do through the the um podcast and everything is I think, and that's what I was mentioning at the start it's really difficult to understand that music can be as complex and as large and as big as you want it to be. There is no holds barred when it comes to musical creation that you're giving to a child, but you need to understand that at some point, lyrically, you have to be at their level. You need to be talking to them. Otherwise, they're not going to appreciate the complexities of how you transition from that G minor to a, a D. They're not They're not yeah. really going to care. Yeah, but we... Um... When we were working on Rainbow Shop with Lucy Kalantari, we had a moment working on that song that I feel like kind of crystallized just what you were just saying because we had gotten so far in the song and then we kind of yeah. asked each other, where's the child? Who's the mm. child? Mm. Um, what are, What is the child getting? You know, because um, the, the, chi- the, the song came from like a true place in our life where our... Now six year old, but at the time she was like four, came up with During a little the heat of the pandemic kernel of an idea yeah, in the backyard, and um and we wanted to turn it into this like you know bigger concept that was yeah. also a really engaging story that also had another message to it, and um, Lucy said, oh you know um so the child is all the parts right and but but let's give the child a voice right here right before the chorus mm. let's give the child their own place. Um, to kind of turn inward and um, say these few lines. And I think we do that in all our songs. You know, we're thinking. How can someone sing this to themselves? What is the child receiving? What are they thinking about? Are they understanding it? Are they, um, because you're right. if, If it's not written for them to meet them on their level, will they really enjoy it? Or will no. they might enjoy it, but will it be meaningful? No, it will be. And I think that also lends even to another sort of 
thing that I'm quite passionate about, which I won't erupt into, but you know, this idea that any if you if you are pitching that conversation at their level, any topic is possible. Hence yes. anger yes. and all and and you know, revolution. That stuff is actually transferable if you're putting it in a language they understand. And I think yes. you know, this biggest thing we really misunderstand is what children are capable of. We seem to misconstrue it with the complexity of how clever the words are like you know oh well, they don't understand what that means and you go well they do if you explain it to them in a way that makes sense to them and I think that's something you both do really well um and look it also just rolls it right back to the start growing up is this is a perfect example of a song and I respect and understand it's it's not yours but I think there's something very deep and wise about the choice of that song because it, it enabled you to speak to each other it enabled you to speak to your children. It enabled you to speak to the audience and it enabled the audience to speak to other members of the audience. And I think that's very rare and I think that's very beautiful. And I also think that's something you've managed to carry throughout this whole album. Um, and I think it's stronger in this album. I do think it's stronger in this album. I think musicality is something that's been there from the word go with the two of you, obviously due to your histories and your skill set. But this album has a different... It's got a different. There's a, there's a there's a different through line. Into the palm of children's hands on this album, less silly and more strong and intentional. And not that your other stuff was really silly. You understand what I mean? But there's 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 a lot of there's there's you've. It's almost like you have shaped your heart in a way that a child understands and you've put it in their hands for them to to look at. We tried to. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 about right. It was a journey. It was a journey making this one. Uh, mm -hmm. We've we've never had a, a theme run all the way through an album before. Yeah, I think you know we have uh, some of our other albums. Like when we when we got started, you know, we just, yeah, just make made a song. songs. Yeah. But mm -hmm. but then we had a little bit of success with some of the songs, and so then we thought, oh, let's put these together on an album. Mm -hmm. And you know, how many do we need for an album? And so you have like a situation where you have like some kind of singles mm -hmm. stuck together with some other stuff, and then you figure out what the theme is. But here we had started writing these songs before we had released any of them. We started mm -hmm. writing these songs, and we kind of we found that the topic was about all of them mm. and then we were like let's stretch this out let's make more how, like how do we look at this topic from as many angles as we can um and i feel like we have finally made an album that feels like an album <laughs> and but, but here's one of the things right because we're so interested in in production and and music mm. all of our songs have kind of been all over the place genre wise um mm. and then when they don't have an overarching theme that feels very confusing. Mm. This album still has a lot of different styles. There's kind of a folkier style. There's kind of a, Absolutely. you know, horn dance situation, funk situation. There's, you know, kind of spy thriller situation. I mean, there's <laughs> there's all kinds of musical material and genres in it, but um, it fits to be to better together for some reason. And that's because I think all these songs were made intentionally around this yeah topic. it's it's like it's like it's a bigger album but its center is 
is tight and small and concise and there's a lot of clarity about what's inside the bigger ball and I think that's and and you know I think just there's more people involved but they're all in part of the bigger ball but in the center of that is just this tight little ball that's the two of you understanding that there's there's an intention behind this and and the people that are invited in they're 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 intentional they're very intentionally brought in to enhance certain things um usually at this point in the interview what i tend to do is i say hey what's coming up next for the two of you but i'm going to avoid that question because i fear it might be too exhausting for me to cope with Oh, yeah, that's fair. Totally fair. Yeah, we yeah, don't want to exhaust you. No, and no, I don't think tomorrow's like, hey, we'll just put our feet up and see what's next. I suspect your diary's quite full and you're already looking at watching this thing's gone on for 10 minutes longer than you said. We've got to go to the other thing. So what I will say, I, thank you. Yeah. Benny, can I just say thank you for uplifting quality and the amazing renaissance that's happening in children's music because i feel like children's music is growing up we're all growing up together and i want i hope the world can keep noticing that there is really amazing art happening that respects childhood and values it and mm. um yeah. can help people that are working through it and the work you do on the show really amplifies that yeah thank you thank you um i, I mean i think at the end of the day it, it will we've got 15 20 years to wait to see the impact of all the music that's being made. But I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping eventually those children start voting and, you know, have yep. a bit, bit better of an understanding. Um, thank you so much for chatting to me on Benny Asking People Questions and um, have an, an amazing afternoon and thank you while nursing a sick child it's always part of the pitfalls of working with children and being a parent um but thank you very much Ah. for taking the time and chatting thank you thank you benny thank Thank you you for having us on the show that was great if you'd like to know more about Andrew and Polly, then head along to andrewandpolly.com. And, of course, for more Benny Time goodness, head along to bennytime.com. Thanks for listening to me, Benny. Ask Andrew and Polly questions. <laughs> <laughs>